Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we'll be going in-depth into my week number 14 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we do an in-depth breakdown into every single game from Thursday Night Football all the way up until the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to this channel or not, please make sure you hit that like button down below. It helps me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week 14 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday Night Football, the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I love Mitch Trubisky more than Mitch Trubisky loves to kiss titties, but even I, as a Mitch Trubisky fan, will be honest here and say that even if Mitch Trubisky plays slightly better than Kenny Pickett, that won't mean much. This is a game that could have easily less than 30 total points scored in the game, as most of the sports books right now have the game total set at 29 and a half. 29 and a half. And it's not like this game's has the potential to be like a snowstorm or a windstorm, something crazy. Like you remember when the Patriots played up against the Bills and there's the crazy snow, there's the crazy wind, they can't throw the ball, right? Or one of those games like when the Bears played the 49ers, maybe that was last year with Trey Lance, right? And the game is just a monsoon. No, there is not projected to be any crazy weather. Crazy weather. There's not projected to be any crazy weather here. And these two offenses just suck so bad that you don't want to start either of these quarterbacks. And I get that maybe Trubisky could be better than Pickett. But again, there's no need to get cute and start Trubisky. For Bailey Zappi, this is not the guy that last year gave us the Zappi fever. A guy that looked like, oh my gosh, maybe this guy could be a starting quarterback in the NFL this version of Zappi is like taking NyQuil to sleep, right? You could be watching a game at 1 p.m. You could have slept all of last night, the night before, right? You could have gotten 8 to 10 hours of sleep, and with how shit the Patriots offense is, with how bad Bailey Zappi is, you might be sleeping at 125 if you're just watching the Patriots play. It really is that bad. So there is no need to spend time dilly-dallying around here with a matchup that is absolutely atrocious. Sit Zappi on the bench. Same thing goes for kissing titties. Mitchell Trubisky. Next up, we move to Sunday's slate with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Baker Mayfield has definitely kind of shushed the haters in a way as he has been pretty solid all season long, but he hasn't been playing his best ball over the last two weeks. He has thrown a pick in four straight games now, but up against Atlanta, even if he throws a pick, I do think he'll be good enough to throw two touchdowns in that game to kind of even things out. Baker is a fringe start this week as at times this season, the Atlanta Falcons defense has definitely shown up. Plus, again, Baker is on a bit of a cold streak. If you're in a tough spot, you can certainly start Baker, but he is far from a guy that is an ideal start, in my opinion. Desmond Ritter, the Riddler, Desmond Ritter, has left me confused all season because I have no fucking idea how this guy is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Four straight games outside the top 20 at quarterback, and he will more likely, more than likely, do exactly that again. This is a guy that I get. He's shown up 
twice or three times this season and had a solid game. But as we always say, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And up against the Bucks defense, I don't think Ritter cracks the top 20. Next up, we move to the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Now, it's important to note that in the Bears stadium, there could be some serious rain and win. Something to monitor while I don't think it would make me full fade Justin Fields because of his rushing upside, it would make me a lot more nervous to play Guff. Now, again, I am not a weatherman, and I don't claim to be a weatherman, so we got to wait until Sunday to kind of find out before the game. If you guys are new to the channel, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and click that notification bell so that you're notified when I'm live on Sunday prior to the 1 o'clock games. I normally go live by at least 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time so that we can talk for at least an hour prior. Prior to the games, we talk about the weather, all the injuries, and all that. So make sure if you are new to the channel or not, you hit that like button as well. So this is, you know, if there's not bad weather, a really nice spot for Jared Goff to be a top 14 quarterback. I have said this a bunch recently, but the biggest downfall for Jared Goff is not the fact that Jared Goff has fallen off or anything like that. I know on Thanksgiving, he had a million fumbles in that game, but the biggest downfall for Goff is actually how effective this team is at running the rock, and especially so in the red zone. David Montgomery just has a nose for the end zone. You hand it to Gibbs, he can find the end zone as well. So when a team is so effective at running like the Detroit Lions, to me, that does limit Jared Goff's upside to throw over two passing touchdowns in a game. Now, he could easily throw two every single week, but going for three, four, having that huge momentous fantasy football game, right, where Jared Goff could potentially put your team on his back, Darren Sharp for hold my dick, seems a lot less likely. Though, with this game on paper being a very high-scoring game, again, assuming the weather isn't too big of an issue, Goff could definitely crack the top eight in this game. Now, the Chicago Bears were on bye last week, and prior to the bye, they played on primetime up against the cold-like Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, and this was a game, you know, we just talked about how Bailey Zappi and the Patriots offense put your ass to sleep, call him NyQuil. This was a game where... It was kind of interesting because both the defenses looked so good, but there was just no points being scored in that game. Joshua Dobbs looked like fucking Stevie Wonder out there. Justin Fields looked terrible as well. It was almost shocking how bad both of them looked, if we're being honest with you. He was the quarterback 24 in that game with just 11 points. Though, with all of his rushing upside, even if he struggles in the passing game again against an atrocious Lions defense... This has the potential for him to be a top three, top five quarterback on the week. Now, I know there's a lot of great matchups this week for quarterbacks, but to me, he is a locked and loaded top 10 quarterback at the very least this week. Next up, we got the Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, we'll start with the Bengals, Jake Browning. Now, when Joe Burrow, Joe Joe Shiesty got hurt, everyone and their mother, me included, thought that the Bengals were dead to rights, that the Bengals were fucked, that Jake Browning would not not be able to win this team very many games and that Jake Browning wouldn't be very good. Now, Jake Browning legitimately looked like Patrick Mahomes in 2018 last week up against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Monday Night Football. It was very impressive. Because again, while Browning was fine the prior two weeks beforehand, 
No one expected the Bengals to go out there and beat the Jaguars. Now, I know what people might be thinking. Nick, Trevor Lawrence got hurt, this, that, and the other thing. Well, if Tyler Boyd doesn't throw an interception directly to Josh Allen, then this might have been a game that was a certified ass-whooping by the Bengals. In that game, Browning threw for 350-plus passing yards and 22 rushing yards with two total touchdowns and no interceptions. Browning played essentially perfect football. Picture perfect football, but I am hesitant to give this guy the Gawk Gawk 9000 special here because we have seen things before, right? Where these backup quarterbacks have this great game, people are ready to crown them, people are ready to really talk them up, and then the very next game, they're back to sucking ass. Now, I don't think he will go from having a great game to being a complete and utter unmitigated disaster because, like I said, Prior to last week, he was actually halfway decent, right? He didn't look as good as last week, of course, but he wasn't some schlub. I think this week you could argue to start Browning, and he's the quarterback 19 for me. The top 18 are starts. The rest are sits. So if you want to argue to start him, go ahead. But again, I think that a lot of people are going to be real high on Jake Browning and he's going to let them down. Minshew, on the other hand, has looked great, as Tony the Tiger would say, over the last two weeks. Last week, up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, he had over 300 passing yards with two tugs and zero INTs in a W in overtime. Bengals defense really, to me, hasn't looked amazing recently so I do feel like the Minshew man the Minshew magic could end up having a solid game here I think at the very least though he should be a top 16 quarterback obviously though we still have to make it clear that Minshew to me is a lot like we mentioned magic he's a lot like Ryan Fitzmagic Ryan Fitzpatrick where if this guy starts off the game on the right foot he's pressing the, pressing the pedal to the metal and he's gonna have a great game but if he comes out looking a little sluggish, maybe he throws a pick on the first drive, maybe he fucking can't hit the broad side of a barn with a pass, then people might, or not people might be thinking, Minshew might be thinking like, oh fuck, I'm having a bad game. And then the struggle continues and continues and continues. So would it shock me if you shit the bed? Fuck no, baby. But I feel like you have to start him. He's looked so good. I get he's a lower end start at the end of the day. But if you're stuck in a pickle... You could play Gardner Minshew. Next up, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Cleveland Browns. Another game that could have rain showers and heavy wind. Now, Big Dick Bethard, CJ, Meat Hard, CJ Bethard, played in relief of T-Law, going 9 for 10 for 63 yards and one rush for 7 yards in that game. So, a very solid performance, all things considered. Maybe Bethard is the next Josh Dobbs, but frankly, I won't get cute and try to predict that, especially up against a Browns defense where there could be potentially heavy wind. This is a clear stay away. Maybe T-Law is able to return for the playoffs, but as of right now, I'm not going to speak out of my ass. As I always say, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, so I'm not going to guarantee you anything, obviously. Joe Flacco, cool Joe Flacco, played way better than I thought he would. Now, everyone likes to joke that he's elite, but might say that he even looked kind of elite a little bit in that game. Now, obviously, the Browns got bukkake in that game by Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams, but Flacco played well, 250 passing yards with two tugs and one INT, and he finished as a top 14 quarterback. I don't think he'll replicate that this week again with the wind and, you know, with Josh Allen all up in his face, but... 
Joe Flacco could reasonably be fine, but again, it's really kind of getting cute starting Joe Flacco. Next up, we move to the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. Now, I will continue to hold out hope that Bryce Young isn't some colossal fuck-up, but until he actually does something, there is really no need to sit here and yap all day long about Bryce Young. He has been bad this season, and even without Frank Reich, while the offenses look better, Young still had fewer than 10 fantasy points, which is exactly what he's done in the past four games. Again, until he proves me otherwise, I think you're best just leaving Bryce Young on the waiver wire. Famous Jameis Winston, the crab god, will be under center this week for the Saints. Jameis is essentially the biggest gamble you can take in fantasy football at the quarterback position. This is a guy that is either going to drop an Oppenheimer-level nuclear missile onto the defense, right? He's either going to be handing out back shots to the Panthers' defense or absolutely take a shit all over your chest and you're like, why did I even chance it with Jameis? Now, against the Panthers' defense, I think we will get a bigger game, but there is obvious risk with Jameis Winston. Anyone that's ever played Jameis Winston in fantasy football knows that. They know the risk is there, that he might just fuck around and throw five picks, but ever since he's gotten LASIK eye surgery, he's looked a lot better. So Jameis, I believe in Jameis again. He's a fringe start, but... I like Jameis in one of my leagues. I have Trevor Lawrence, who is hurt, Kyler Murray, who's on by, and my starting quarterback is famous, famous Winston. Next up, we move to the Houston Texans at the New York Jumbo Jets, another game where there could be heavy rain, heavy rain, heavy rain, and wind. Fucking idiot, doesn't know how to speak here. What a jackass I am. So Zach Wilson, Robert Salah, a.k.a. Xerxes from 300, said that the MILF Hunter will be under center this week. Zach hasn't played since week 11 in Buffalo. Zach is definitely the best quarterback on this roster not named Aaron Rodgers. That has been made evidently clear when we have seen the other quarterbacks, Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, get knocks at things here. They absolutely sucked ass. And... While the Jets will more than likely get absolutely butt-fucked here unless the weather plays a huge factor, Zach Wilson does give them the best chance to win. Some of these last couple of games, if Zach Wilson was playing, now I don't think they beat the Dolphins, but they could have definitely beaten the Falcons last week with Zach Wilson. So, I just think that it makes sense for Salah to go with Zach Wilson. Again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Zach Wilson's very good. But... He could be decent enough to keep this game at least maybe close. He barely has any games inside the top 20 at the quarterback position, so there's no reason to start him. But good move by Salah going back to Zach, but it's a little bit too late in my opinion. CJ Stroud had an all right game last week against the Broncos, going 16 of 27 for 274 yards and one touchdown. Going against the Jets defense will definitely be tough, and if the weather is bad, things may get very, 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 very bad for Stroud. As of right now, he's going to be ranked outside of my tw top 12. This just feels like a down game for Stroud again because of how good the Jets defense is. Some people may have to start him, and I fully understand that. But if my playoff hopes were on the line, I would definitely feel a little bit 
sad that I had to start Stroud this game. Now, again, Stroud has been very impressive this season. Maybe he slices up the fucking Jets defense, but I'm definitely a lot more nervous about Stroud than I have been over the last five weeks. Next up, we move to the LA Rams at the Baltimore Ravens, but before we break down this game at the quarterback position, as well as all the rest of the games until the doubleheader, quote-unquote, on Monday Night Football, even though the teams are not playing doubleheader, it's like playing at the same time. So stupid, but whatever. Before we get on into the rest of that, though, again, make sure you guys hit that like button if you've enjoyed, hit that subscribe button if you're new, and I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Under. Dog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe, and today, Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you guys that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, but first, I want to explain how the Underdog Pick'em works. So you're going to have to select a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. In today's version of this, we'll be talking about the Lions at the Bears game. Now, there's going to be a lot more options to choose from as the week goes along, but this video is being recorded on Monday night, early Tuesday morning so that you guys can watch it when you're watching it so we're gonna have to go ahead and look at the offerings that they have right now so we're gonna go ahead and go with David Montgomery higher than 68 and a half rushing yards in this spot as well as DJ Moore higher than 63 and a half receiving yards I think this will be a very high scoring game I think Montgomery should easily be able to get higher than that number and I believe with Justin Fields back under center with him looking as good as he's looked DJ Moore should be able to have a very solid game against a pretty bad Lions defense so if both of these hit we'll get three times our entry fee if you want to do three picks it's six times four picks is ten times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee. All of the picks, of course, have to hit if you live in one of the states on your screen right now and you are new to Underdog and use promo code Notorious, you'll get a first match deposit bonus up to $100. You deposit $100. They give you an additional $150, additional $50, $10, and additional $10. The minimum deposit on Underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Rams at Ravens. Now, I owe Matthew Stafford a bit of an apology because I assumed, and you know, as we say, an assumption makes an ass out of you and me, that since a majority of the season, Stafford just hasn't been great. He barely ever finished as a top 12 quarterback, that he just didn't have it in him this season. Again, nothing bad to say about Stafford. There are teams that would suck a fucking golf ball through a garden hose as they would say to get Matthew Stafford as their starting quarterback right the Jets would la 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 love Matthew Stafford as their starting quarterback but again he just hasn't been as great this season but then he dropped his nuts in the Cardinals mouth in week 12 four touchdowns one interception right and yet again I made a stupid assumption that there is no way Jose that Stafford could do it again against the Browns last week right the Browns defenses look so good and he's not going to be able to do it and boy oh boy was I wrong over 270 passing yards three touchdowns no interceptions now I know that you might be thinking right now Nick Nick, since you acknowledged that you were wrong about Stafford being a start in back-to-back weeks, um, he's got to be a start this week, right, Nick? And yeah, while Stafford has looked phenomenal like Sidney Sweeney's tatas in Euphoria, I just think against the Ravens, he comes back down to earth. Now again, maybe I'll be wrong again. But I, I don't think I will be. I think this is a comeback down-to-earth game for Stafford up against a tough Ravens defense. Lamar Jackson had a down game against the Chargers last game prior to the bye up against the Chargers in LA. He went 18 of 32 for 177 yards and 11 rushes for 39 yards with a touchdown bomb 
missile to Zay Flowers. Lamar has been kind of hit or miss. I guess they never missed, huh? Over <laughs> Anyone who was on TikTok, like when TikTok started, would know what I was talking about right there. Any of you old heads probably didn't get that, but that's okay. Respect the elders, obviously. There's a lot of jokes that are in the videos that some people that are my age might not get is all like the suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Not a lot of people have seen that film. One of my favorite films, if I'm being honest with you. But he is still Lamar Jackson. So while he's been hit or miss over the last five games, this is Lamar fucking Jackson we're talking about. If you sit him, you are getting cute. But he will not be an S-tier quarterback for me because, again, the ups and downs have been very wild as of recent. Next up, we move to the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the turn your volume down, the Las Vegas Raiders in Viva Las Vegas. Joshua Dobbs had a disaster class performance. We hinted about it when we talked about the Bears and Justin Fields prior to the bye week against the Bears in primetime. Joshua Dobbs sucked ass. 150 185 passing yards. I have dyslexia. I went for 158. I don't actually have dyslexia, but I read things wrong all the time. have to correct myself, but it is what it is. I'm only human after all. 185 passing yards with just one tug and four interceptions. Now I know, Nick, not all the interceptions were his fault. I know. But ultimately, you can't throw four fucking interceptions, right? He looked nothing like the Dobbs we came accustomed to. Now, something similar happened in Arizona, where the magic kind of ran out and Dobbs was starting to look pedestrian, starting to suck more cock than Lana Rhodes. But against the Raiders, I do expect a bounce-back game and him finishing as the quarterback 12 to 14, that kind of a range. But my confidence in the Pasternot has certainly dwindled. Aiden O'Connell, AOC, I said this in a few videos this week, but the Raiders' offense always comes out the gate hot, right? You ever seen, like, in a cowboy movie where the cowboy guy, the main character, or, like, you're playing Red Dead Redemption, and you just burst through the saloon doors, they go, bam, 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 and it makes a loud-ass noise, right? That's how the Raiders come into the game, right? They come in on fire, firing at all cylinders, you know, using those scripted plays early on in the game, right? Abiding by the game plan early on. And then after that... The Raiders' offense moves at the speed of Bobby from the Sopranos. That fat bastard going very, 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 very slow. So, O'Connell, to me, better, more fun to watch than Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's 100% finishing outside of the top 20, thus being a clear sit. Next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, big cock Brock went crazy. Brock Purdy last week, over 300 passing yards with four touchdowns and no INTs against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Prior to that game, he went up against the Seahawks in Seattle on Thanksgiving. In that game, he scored just 11 fantasy points with one interception and one INT. I do suspect a much better performance this week, but he is not going to be ranked inside of my top five, top five, top five. He is closer to the quarterback 10 than he is five again. I in no means mean to paint this Bob Ross style in a bad fashion, right? I love Brock Purdy, but I am slightly concerned that this could end up being a blowout, right? Where we see a lot of McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, maybe even some other running backs late in the game. And then Brock Purdy kind of ends up just as like the quarterback 16, 17, 18. So obviously most teams were starting him, but I don't want to be too optimistic about Purdy this week because again 
this might be a blowout where they're just running a lot. Geno Smith finally looked like the Geno from last season last week in Jerry's world on Thursday Night Football. He had over 300 passing yards with four touchdowns and a pick in Dallas. Last time these two teams played, speaking about the Seahawks and the 49ers, we kind of just hinted at that, Geno struggled mightily. Now, he was dealing with an injury coming into that game, and it was very apparent that on Thanksgiving, he was fucked up, right? He did not look... Look, I know we've talked about this all season, right? Geno has not looked like the guy from last year. He just hadn't. But he looked like Drew Locke out there, like maybe even worse than Locke. I think... He should do fine, but with how good the 49ers defense is, Geno is back in the fringe start range. I hope he is able to put up a solid week, and he's able to put up a solid end to a season, because again, if you drafted Goff, uh, not Goff, if you drafted Geno Smith, quarterback 17 ju just hasn't cut it this season. Next up, we move to the Buffalo Bills, the Bildos, at the Kansas City Queefs, the Kansas City Chiefs, so... Patrick Mahomes, I have said this for a while, that Kermit the, Fro Kermit the Frog himself hasn't looked great this season. Now, I know everyone's going to be like, oh my god, the receivers don't look great, this, that, and the other thing. And of course, right, I'm not some fucking dumbass. I watch all the games. I know. You are obviously playing him in fantasy, and he always has the upside to hit the defense with that RKO Randy Orton style, but I think saying he's a lock to be a top 12 quarterback, top 10 quarterback, even against not-so-hot defenses, at this point in the season, from what we've seen, is far from a guarantee. Again, you're still starting Mahomes, but with the weapons he has this year outside of Travis Kelsey and... That other bastard, Rashi Rice, he just hasn't really got a lot of weapons. Like, MVS has stone hands. He's, like, playing the Ed, uh, Edward 40 hands, is it? You know, like, Edward Scissors hands or Eddie Scissors hands, whatever the fuck you want to say, where people put the 40s on their hands and they're drinking them all night, right? They're duct taped to their hands. It's like he has the 40s duct taped to him. He's got a Colt 45 and two zigzags because maybe that's all he needs, and he just plays terrible. They've got Justin Watson, who's, who's ass. Like, they just... Don't have a lot of good receivers. Josh Allen looked significantly better ever since that stooge Ken Dorsey got fired. Prior to the bye, Allen played about as good as you could in a game that he lost against the Eagles besides that egregious interception. Over 300 passing yards with 80-plus rushing yards and four touchdowns with that one pick that we talked about. In the regular season, Allen typically plays quite well up against the Chiefs even in Kansas City as he has a 129.6 passer rating in all of the games that they have played, including that playoff performance in 2021 where all you need is, what was it, 13 seconds to move down the field if you're the Chiefs. This is a key game, a quintessential game for the Bills. As if they lose this game, they are essentially finished. Finish him, right? They're essentially dead in the water, right? They're essentially going to be watching the playoffs from the couch. Now, I understand they're not eliminated technically, but then it becomes you have to win out 100%. And with the schedule the Bills have, that just doesn't seem very probable, right? And while I love shitting on Josh Allen for all the dumb picks he throws, right? I'm a Dolphins fan. You can see I got the Dolphins. Uh, I got Dan Marino back there. I got the Dolphins logo that my fiance painted for me. I even have a Dolphins little sign that I got on Black Friday. So yeah, I'm a Dolphins fan. I love shitting on Josh Allen. It's funny to make fun of all of his interceptions because they call Tua, Tua turning the ball over. 
But at the end of the day, he's a must-starter quarterback every week. Even when Ken Dorsey was over there fucking everything up, he was still a must-start, and he could easily be the quarterback one at the end of the week. Next up, we got the Denver Broncos at the LA Chargers. Now, Mr. Unlimited couldn't read the defense last week, just like how Floyd Money Mayweather can't read Cat in the Goddamn Hat or a page of Harry Potter. Despite throwing three picks, he still finished as a top 12 quarterback. Obviously... Mostly due to the fact that there are a bunch of teams on by, which he has now done in two weeks in a row. I think he will have a much better showing this week up against a Chargers defense in LA. That is no bueno. This feels like a game where he throws two plus touchdowns with no turnovers. He's a top 12 quarterback for me this week. And again, there's going to be a lot of bad weather games and getting guys in domes could be very helpful for us. Justin Herbert, the pervert has been struggling in back-to-back weeks. The Chargers offense looked like straight-up ass against the Patriots in New England. Nick, it was raining, this, that, and the other thing. They couldn't score a single fucking touchdown, okay? It was bad. It was bad. You can throw all the excuses you want. You can have a CVS receipt worth of excuses, the Declaration of Independence worth of exclusives. Exclusives? Excuses. And I won't I won't hear them. I, I, I won't hear them, right? They didn't score a touchdown. Denver's defense looking a whole lot better. I do worry that Herbert may finish outside the top 16. Now, I'm obviously going to start him, but geez louise, as the people would say back in the day, my confidence is kind of low in Justin Herbert. Next up, we got, because you waited all day for Sunday night, the second game of the Eagles at the Cowboys. Last time, it was the Cowboys at the Eagles, because that's how it works. (laughs) Obviously, everyone knows that now. Man, oh man, was I perplexed when I saw this on Twitter. Now, I'm not someone that goes and watches a lot of... uh, Obviously, I watch the NFL, right? I watch all the games, but I typically stay away from ESPN, NFL Network, all these shows where, to be honest with you, a lot of the people that are on TV, they don't seem like they watch a lot of football, right? They don't seem like they're sitting there watching Red Zone, like... Even more than Red Zone, right? They're not watching every game. They're not keeping things close to them. Like, they're not paying attention and, like, they're not re-watching things. They're not watching the All-22, right? I do a lot of research for football. I watch every single game on Sunday. I've got three fucking... I got two TVs. I got my other screen that I watch games on. I re-watch games back after they happen, right? I try to do as much research as possible. But this David Carr bastard... And again, a lot of people on TV, the talking heads, don't know ball. Now, again... I get that I get things wrong, right? I'm not claiming to be better than these people because I understand I'm going to get shit wrong too. But David Carr went on TV yesterday in front of the whole world and basically announced that maybe he has CTE or something. It made no sense. He said the Eagles would be better off with Mariota under center with Hurts a little bit banged up. Now, let me be very clear when I say that you could cut off both of Hurts' hands like he's Tug fucking Speedman in that opening scene of Tropic Thunder. That version of Hurts with nubs is probably better than Mariota. David Carr is a fucking idiot. And again, I'm not an Eagles fan. We know that. And my Dolphins hat on right now. But that is a dumbass thing to say. Despite the Eagles getting bukkake'd by the 49ers, Hurts was still the quarterback six last week with almost 600 passing yards, 20 rushing yards, and two total touchdowns. I get that Hurts is banged up but he's still going to be the QB numero uno in my rankings. But Dak Prescott, he's close to quarterback number one because he's my quarterback number two on the week. 
Dak has been looking like the NFL MVP ever since week six. I know early on in the season, things weren't looking too too dandy here, but he's been slicing and dicing his way through the defenses like his name was OJ Simpson. Back-to-back games as the quarterback three, and he hasn't thrown a pick in over three games, which is funny because I know entering into this year and last year especially, right, Dak was a turnover machine. You get a pick, you get a pick, you all get a pick, Oprah Winfrey style, right? But the last... This last couple games, man, and most of this season, Dak has ditched the interception moniker, right? He was a guy that coming into the year was like, I'm not throwing 10 interceptions again. And then like early on in the season, he was throwing picks. And it's like, you fucking dumbass Dak, you're going to do the same thing. But hey, I'll give him credit where credit's due. I know Brock Purdy is the NFL favorite to win MVP. He should not win MVP. Now, I don't think Brock Purdy plays bad. I think a lot of people shit on Brock Purdy. He's a good quarterback, great quarterback even, right? Again, a lot of teams would be fucking... Looking like Joey Chestnuts eating hot dogs. They'd be sucking that many cocks to get a guy like Purdy on their team. But he's a guy that heavily has so many weapons, right? He's got Debo, IU, Kittle, McCaffrey, great old line. Now, again, I'm not putting that against him saying that, like, oh, Brock Purdy, if you throw him on a different offense, he wouldn't be great because I still think he'd be pretty solid. But I don't think he deserves MVP. I just don't. Now, again, maybe some 49ers fans will shit on me in the comments. It is what it is. I don't think he deserves MVP. Right now, I think Tyreek or Dak should be the MVP, in my opinion. Last time these two teams faced off, Dak was the quarterback, too, with 374 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. The Eagles' defense is not what we thought they would be this season. Fire up Dak with supreme confidence. Again, he's currently my quarterback, too, in my rankings, but it wouldn't shock me at all if he outscored Dickie Dak Prescott. Next game here. First of two Monday night football games, because obviously everyone wants to watch two games on Monday night. Because you're waiting all day for Monday night. I don't think they say that. They have like some other song. I never listen to it though. The Sunday night theme song. Now that's a banger. The Monday night one I don't think is as good. Unless it's the Post Malone song, and I love Post Malone. Rocking the Post Malone shirt, which I think it actually might be. So don't want to shit on it no more. I love Post Malone. My favorite artist, so. Tua Tungavailoa and the Dolphins offense made the commander's defense look like a fucking peewee squad, right? Tua went 18 of 24 for 280 yards and two touchdowns. Now he faces yet again another dog shite defense. I expect Tua to pop off yet again. Must start quarterback on Monday night. Will Levis, the Mayo man, looked okay against the Colts last week, but the Colts defense is not ready for this Dolphins defense. I think the Dolphins defense is going to be all over Levis like white on rice, as people say. And I think Levis falls outside of the top 24 quarterbacks. He's a clear must sit. And Tua is a clear must start. Final game here, the Green Bay Packers, the Cheeseheads at the New York Football Giants. Monday Night Football part dose. Jordan, love me tender, love me sweet, has been balling like Magic Johnson in 86, except for I don't think Jordan Love has HIV. Four straight games inside of the top 12 at quarterback, three straight weeks with two or more touchdowns and no INTs. I expect at the bare minimum, Jordan Love to be a top 10 quarterback this week in MetLife. Now, I don't want to speak injuries into existence. I don't wish injuries on anyone. The fact that it is week 14 and we are having a game on Sunday in MetLife and a game on Monday in MetLife. Fucking stupid. It makes no sense. The NFL needs to step in and have the Jets fix that and the Giants. Makes no sense to have two games back to back here. Knocking on wood. We're not rooting for injuries, of course. I'm just saying. It makes no sense. So many injuries happen at MetLife. Tommy DeVito has looked serviceable over the last three weeks. I always root for my Italian brother, 
from a couple towns over from me. Obviously, New Jersey native, just like me. But at the end of the day, even against a Packers defense that typically allows the opposing quarterbacks to have pretty good days, I think you're just getting far too cute. You're really galaxy braining things here if you're starting Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't end up enjoying, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Smash that like button like it owes you money. I love you guys all so much. If you didn't end up enjoying this video and you've never seen videos from me, you want to watch some more, it's going to be on your screen right now. Love you guys all so much. If you want access to my weekly rankings as well as an answer to any of the questions you may have, check out the Patreon link in the video description for $7.50. Love you guys as always. Have a good one. We'll be back later with the tight end starts at video. Good.